Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to a new edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena. Happy to have you with us as always. And we are continuing our countdown to the draft. Now, this week we've been doing mock draft mania, but we're going to take a break because I want to go back to some of the schools that we haven't covered. And I was fortunate enough to have come on the show with me, Ben Stevens. He is the host of the Locked On Big Ten. And there are some schools that I definitely want to ask Ben about. So, Ben, thank you so much for coming on to, to fill us in on some info. Yeah, Patricia, very happy to be here after the NCAA men's and women's basketball tournament. My attention turned to spring football and very quickly we'll shift to the NFL draft as well, looking at some of the Big Ten stars from yesteryear and how they translate to the pro level. So very happy to be here. Well, thanks so much. And Ben, let's kick it off. Um, you know, everybody's done with their pro days now. And, you know, just generally speaking, who are some of the guys from around the Big Ten that you feel really, really helped their draft stock? Well, I think the first name you would look at, and I know he will be somebody that will be discussed thoroughly in the weeks leading up to the NFL draft, is the quarterback out of Ohio State, Justin Fields. And I think he had a very successful pro day. I know he is having a second pro day to audition for a few of the teams, a.k.a. the San Francisco 49ers, who were unable to make it to Columbus for that first pro day. But he will be a name, obviously, that will generate some buzz. Will he be the third overall pick to the Niners? Will he fall back in the draft like some draft pundits are speculating at the moment? But outside of him at the quarterback position, that will generate the buzz in a very quarterback-heavy draft, I think you would look at some of the guys like Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle, offensive lineman, because really he could play at wherever you need him along that offensive front out of Northwestern. He is a guy that sat out, opted out of the 2020 Big Ten football season, but still is a first-round pick and certainly will be in this NFL draft, a very athletic tackle, guard, whatever you want to slate him along that offensive line that wowed people with what he was able to do at Northwestern's Pro Day, some of his physical metrics that he showed out there. I think Rashawn Slater will be a guy drafted probably in the top 15. If he got outside of that, I would be certainly surprised by the time we get to the end of April for the NFL draft. So I would look at a couple of those guys on the defensive side of the ball. You could look at Micah Parsons from Penn State, another guy that opted out of the 2020 Big Ten football season, but still one of the best defenders in this year's draft class. A couple of the edge rushers out of Penn State as well. When you look at a guy like Jason Owe, you look at Quiddy Pay from Michigan. So those are some of the bigger name stars. Obviously, Greg Newsom from Northwestern as well in that secondary along the defensive side of the ball. But those are some of the bigger name stars coming out of the Big Ten Conference that will certainly be generating some buzz and catching some names by the time we get to the draft at the end of the month. Now, I want to talk about Slater because this is a guy that when I've done mock drafts, I have him going to the Giants. I like the versatility. I like, you know, the skill set, the fit. I like everything about this kid, you know, even though he opted out, you know, which I understand, you know, that, that's a, a personal choice. What can you tell us about Northwestern's offense? What did they, did they run more of an inside zone, outside zone? What exactly did they ask their offensive lineman to do? And specifically, before he opted out, what were they having Slater do? I, I think he was a tackle, and you mentioned he could play guard. Mm -hmm. Was he you know, on the move a lot? Did he work in a phone booth? What can you tell us about that? 
Yeah, he started since his freshman year when he arrived to Evanston, and they had him really play both right and left tackle. I know a lot of NFL draft people are speculating he might be moved inside the guard, at least initially in his NFL career. But what he played in college was along both of those tackle positions for the Northwestern Wildcats. The offense they run is more of your prototypical Big Ten offense where they're going to grind it on the ground. And so they're going to have Rashawn Slater really be the guy to go and attack. And I think what caused a lot of people to say, whoa, this guy is legitimate. He is going to be an NFL tackle or guard or whatever it may be one day was his performance against Ohio State's Chase Young back in the 2019 season when he was very impressive against the guy that went number two overall in the defensive rookie of the year, if I'm not mistaken, in the NFL this past season for the Washington football team. So he's very familiar with a division foe for the New York Giants, that is for sure. But he is a guy that really can do it all. He runs with very choppy feet. He's a very athletic tackle or guard wherever he is slated in the NFL and a guy that was very, very impressive in his time in college. The footwork and the talent might be something he needs to improve on just a little bit, but there is something there where he has that ability to play whatever you need him, a very versatile offensive lineman, and he will figure it out. A guy, obviously, that is very smart. His frame is compact, but he can run and he can do it all, and I think he really wowed some people with his performance at Northwestern's Pro Day, and I think he will be a guy that if he doesn't go to the Giants, he could go even earlier in the draft in that first round, maybe within the top 10 when you look at teams like the Panthers possibly looking for a way to shore up their offensive line, but he will be a guy definitely taken in the top 15 in my mind. Now there's a few guys from Michigan that um, have been linked to the Giants, one of which is edge rusher Quiddy Pay. I believe he had some injury issues, if I'm not mistaken. I know uh, also Nico Collins, the receiver, is, has been mocked to the Giants maybe on a day two or day three uh, basis. Um, your thoughts on those guys? Yeah, Quiddy Pay was a guy that came into this year with a lot of hype for the 2020 Big Ten football season. But like his team overall, the Michigan Wolverines did not perform that well in 2020. He was still a guy that was an all-Big Ten defensive honorable mention this past year. He is a very athletic edge rusher. He had a great pairing with a guy on the other side that's still in Ann Arbor in the name of Aiden Hutchinson. And they came into the year as one of the more feared duos from the edge rushing position in the Big Ten Conference overall. He played under Don Brown, who's no longer the defensive coordinator at Michigan, but what Don Brown is known for is attacking the quarterback and blitzing pretty much every opportunity he is able to. So Quiddy Pay was a huge function in that defensive style. When you look at Nico Collins at the wide receiver spot, one of the biggest knocks I think against him was the fact he didn't really have a reliable quarterback throwing him the ball throughout his entire career for the Michigan Wolverines, but he's a guy that's very athletic, can go up and get the ball, a very smooth route runner that a lot of people were high on heading into this past season but again Michigan did not perform all that well overall as a team so some of them got lost in the muck a little bit based on their individual performances but Quiddy Pay is a guy that has impressed me he has great measurables very fast very athletic on the outside I think like you mentioned he will be a first round pick if he falls late into the second round I think that would be a great value pick early on in the second round for whatever team is able to snag him but two guys certainly out of the University of Michigan that are going to be big time either first or second day selections in this year's NFL draft all right now swinging over to Iowa there's a couple of other guys that I know I've seen pop up and uh with scouting reports as potential Giants fits one is the offensive tackle, Alaric Jackson, and then the receiver, Amir Smith-Marset. I hope I said that correctly. Um, yeah. Both guys who, are, who I believe would be projected day three type of picks. And uh, what have you seen from those guys? 
So Amir Smith-Marset is one of the more athletic guys that came out of the Big Ten Conference. He is really, truly a fast burner who is used in multiple facets of that Iowa offense. End around, speed, wrap arounds, whatever it may be. They try to get him the ball in space and allow him to use that athleticism. He was a huge factor in their return game as well, both kick and punt. And he's a guy that really can wow people at times. He had a moment at the end of the 2020 Big Ten football season when Iowa won six straight games to finish off their year where he had a touchdown play on a punt return or a kick return, if I'm not mistaken, and then flipped into the end zone, actually ended up hurting his ankle a little bit, so it caused some controversy around the Big Ten circle. But just to show that he is an athletic freak, Amir Smith-Marset presents that really in every facet of whatever offensive scheme you can draw up for him to try to get him the ball in space and allow him to use that speed and athleticism to wow you and make big plays. Alaric Jackson was a guy that was on the other end of Tristan Wirfs for the couple of seasons they played together in Iowa City. He's a really tall guy, 6'6", 315 pounds, an athletic guy that can really move. Some of his biggest knocks against him is, is he able to sustain and be your blindside left tackle? That was one of the questions going in. But he comes from a place in Iowa, as you know, Patricia, that breeds offensive linemen and does it at such a high volume that I think he could be a guy in the NFL that uses that athleticism, focuses a little bit more on the foundation, and then is a guy that could be a backup who becomes a reserve that you can use and plug and place in different spots, or he could be a guy that eventually turns into a starter if the athleticism starts to mount, match some of that foundation at the next level. But both of those guys still very talented prospects out of the Big Ten Conference. You're listening to Locked On Giants with Patricia Trana and special guest Ben Stevens. He is the host of Locked On Big Ten. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got a lot more Big Ten schools to cover, so stay with us. Hey, Giant fans, if you haven't tried the all-new Built Bar, you're really missing out. They offer an amazing assortment of flavors, both of the nut and nut-free varieties, which is sure to appease any taste. And can I take a moment to tell you about their new Coconut Brownie Chunk Bar? Folks, this is by far my favorite of Built Bar's selection and a perfect way for me to swap out a meal Or if my day is particularly busy and I need a quick bite, tide me over until my next meal. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they really taste like you're eating a candy bar. Except you're not. You're indulging in a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber treat that's great for the keto diet or any diet plan you happen to be on. So head on over to BuiltBar.com today and use the special promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com with the promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off your next order. Hey, Giant fans, this is Patricia Trana, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. If you're looking for a way to keep Giants football in the forefront during this offseason, pick up a copy of my new book, The Big 50 New York Giants, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. This 350-plus page book takes a deep dive into the rich history of the Giants franchise, covering every era with stories, photos, and more that take you behind the headlines. The Big 50 New York Giants is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, TriumphBooks.com, and wherever books are sold. Pick up your copy today, and thank you to everyone for your support. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you, and I'm joined by Ben Stevens, my colleague who covers Locked on Big Ten, and he is a wealth of knowledge. Hope you are enjoying the show. And uh, Ben, I want to swing back to Ohio State. I know you mentioned, you know, Justin Fields. The Giants not really in a in a, the market for a quarterback, but there is a guy on Ohio State that I actually there's a couple of guys I should say that I found to be intriguing one is Wyatt Davis the guard and then the defensive tackle Tommy Togai I, I believe is how you pronounce it Togai Togai sorry yeah, no so, worries. so uh what can you tell us about both of those guys Wyatt Davis was the Big Ten offensive interior offensive lineman of the year. He's a guy that was a staple of that offense for Ryan Day, a first-team All-Big Ten selection, a guy they relied on all year, not just interior offensive lineman, but the overall offensive lineman of the year in 2020 for the Big Ten Conference. He was a staple of that. He can function really at the center or guard position, very versatile, one of the anchors of that offensive line, incredibly smart. A lot of conversation out of Columbus's past season was Justin Fields and the ability that he took not only on the field, but also in the locker room as well and in pregame meetings and wanting to be involved in the offensive scheme, the planning. Why are we doing this? Not just how are we doing this? Wyatt Davis was right there alongside of him. So a guy that you can trust. He has battled some injury issues, but he is already back and he can show you that toughness and that athleticism along that interior. He could play center if you needed to. I think he's better slated at the guard position in the NFL. And Tommy, Tommy Togiai is a guy that really came on strong at the end of the 2020 Big Ten football season was a big factor for Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game and that defense improving along that defensive front and especially in the Sugar Bowl in the college football playoff semifinal against Clemson. He really wowed some heads and was able to take a big step where I think he's now slated to be a second day guy, if not maybe falling into the third day, but I think he's improved his stocks at such where I would not be shocked to see him as a late third round selection in the NFL draft. He's a guy that was a second team, all big 10 defensive selection this past year and is really good with his hands inside can create some chaos in the run game, but also get to the quarterback at times as well. So he was a huge facet for that Ohio state defensive front, a really good front seven last year that has a lot of prospects now translating to the NFL level. But Tommy Togiai was certainly an anchor of that along the interior of the defensive line. Now, just backing up a little bit, I mean, what school do you see as having the best value at, at different positions, you know, in terms of versatility? There's a, there's obviously, you know, well over several dozen players in this draft coming from the Big Ten. But what school do you think is maybe going to have, you know, the best value in terms of round one, round two type of guys, whether it be offense or defense? I really look at Ohio State just because across the board, and that's not a shocker that the team that played in the national championship game has some of the best talent translating to the next level in the National Football League. But when you mention guys like Wyatt Davis, when you talk about a guy he played alongside at the center position and Josh Myers, when you look along that defensive front that I just mentioned with linebackers coming out like Baron Browning, Patricia, I am so high on Baron Browning. I think he can be an excellent interior linebacker in the NFL along with his teammate Pete Werner. They have a guy that will be a day three selection, I think, in Jonathan Cooper along the edge rusher position that I think could translate to an outside linebacker. He has that skill set, that versatility. So I would look at Ohio State to really give you some good value, especially in day two and three of this upcoming 2021 NFL draft. 
Also, I would look at Penn State. And though the metrics last year weren't great for a Nittany Lions team that started off 0-5, their worst start ever in program history, they obviously have a lot of talent along the defensive side of the ball with guys like Micah Parsons, who will be a top 20 pick in my opinion. I think Jason Owe is an athletic freak that wowed people at his pro day. He stands 6'5", 255, and ran a 4-3-5-40. So he obviously matches the metrics with some of that athleticism as well. I think he'll be a first-round selection. Even a guy like Shaka Tony, who was on the other side alongside Jason Owe last year in the edge rushing position in Happy Valley. And of course, one of the more reliable tight end prospects, I think, in this year's NFL draft class in Pat Fryermuth, who I think will be an early second round selection as well. A very reliable red zone target is Pat Fryermuth at that tight end position. But I think as you go a little bit deeper, I think one of the schools with not that many draft prospects, but I think two guys that will have long NFL careers are coming out of the University of Minnesota, and that being Rashad Bateman, the incredibly talented wide receiver who was the 2019 Big Ten wide receiver of the year, and also a guy that plays on the other side of the ball in Benjamin St. Just at the quarterback cornerback position, excuse me, that is incredibly athletic, can match up, has great size on that outside, I think can be somewhat of a shutdown, lockdown corner. So I would look at Minnesota for guys that will probably be selected second, third, fourth rounds in both Rashad Bateman and Benjamin St. Just, but I think they provide a lot of value and I think they have talent probably similar to the top 25, top 30 prospects in this NFL draft class. I even saw a couple of mock drafts myself where Rashad Bateman could be a guy that a team trades back into the first round for if he is still available, although I think he's probably more slotted for the early portion of that second round. So when you talk about value, I think Minnesota presents that with some of the guys that maybe the casual NFL fan or college football fan wouldn't see with the matching of the jersey like an Ohio State or a Michigan or a Penn State. But I think Minnesota provides some of that value as you look at the NFL draft. You know, just sticking with Penn State for a moment or going back to Penn State, Pat Fryermuth is a guy that I, every time I run a mock draft simulation, he's there and he's always my pick. A guy I like and a guy that I think a lot of people have said is the second best tight end in this draft next to uh, behind Kyle Pitts of Florida. What does I know he's coming off of a shoulder, I guess, a shoulder surgery he might have had or an injury or something in in the season. But what is it that that Firemuth brings to the game that, you know, makes him such a, you know, a good value at at the top of the second round? I mean, he's you know, I've read that he's not necessarily, you know, the most athletic guy. He's not a guy who's going to break ways and have speed, but he's effective. So what is it about him that just you think is going to draw attention? Yeah, he did have a shoulder injury at the end of the 2020 Big Ten football season. Didn't play the final three or four games, I believe it was, for Penn State. And with the way they were playing, who can blame him? Trying to focus on taking that next step to the NFL. But he is back. He did not work out at Penn State's Pro Day. He did catch some passes, but wasn't able to do some of the other drills that show off some of his athletic numbers. But like you mentioned, he's not a guy that's going to wow you in terms of the athletic metrics like a Kyle Pitts. He's not going to run past you. He's not going to run a 4-4-4-5-40, but he is so efficient in the way that he finds space on the field. He's also a great blocker. He's more of your prototypical tight end from five years ago, but still incredibly efficient in the pass game. And like I mentioned, incredibly, incredibly reliable. Whoever was throwing him the ball throughout his Penn State career, whether it was... whether it was Sean Clifford this past couple of years or even going back before that, the guy on the Baltimore Ravens, I'm blanking on his name, Patricia. Oh, he'll come back to me. But regardless, 
Pat Fryermuth was an incredibly reliable target, especially in the, Renzo, in the red zone. Throughout his Penn State career, I believe he had something like 30 red zone targets and did not have a single drop throughout that time. He's a guy that can go up there and get the ball. And it always gravitates towards him. He's a guy that is really, really consistent in how he goes about his process, and he's going to be a red zone target for whoever has him, and he's able to find space. He's got a big frame as well, so you know when you throw the ball up, he can go and get it. And again, just incredibly reliable as a red zone target and incredibly talented at finding space on the field so he can be effective in the past game, even if he's not quite like a Kyle Pitts who's running past you with 4-4 speed. You are listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trena and special guest Ben Stevens. He is the host of Locked on Big Ten. We are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, more from Ben on the Big Ten schools and their draft prospects. So please stay with us. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, regardless of the sport or the major event. Bet online also covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, offering real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you enter the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your sportsbook experts. April 19th through the 26th, listen to the ultimate Mock Draft 2021 featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Michael Lombardi. Our local experts for every team are making trades and picking the next stars for their team. Subscribe to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked On Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you, and I'm joined by Ben Stevens. He is the host of Locked On Big Ten. And Ben, who are some of the uh, other players that we maybe haven't touched upon that you think are rising up the boards quickly, guys who are going to maybe surprise some people when their names are called on draft day? I think a guy you could look at out of the University of Iowa, who was the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, who slotted more so in the third round for this upcoming NFL draft, is a guy by the name of Davion Nixon, who is incredibly, incredibly talented along that interior of the defensive line, but really can run like an edge rusher at times. So effective in stopping the run, but really good at also getting to the quarterback. Had an incredible 2020 Big Ten season where he was a guy that came out of the JUCO level out of Iowa Western there in the state of Iowa as well, that produces a good crop of players that make it to big time division one college football schools then actually have some success heading to the nfl as well and davion nixon certainly fits that mold i think he's a guy that if you get him in the late part of day two you are finding incredible value in this nfl draft i think another person you could look at on the offensive side of the ball i'll give you two names here and it's the running back out of ohio state and trey sermon i think he slotted for some time in that third round of this nfl draft he was so so fantastic in the final three games for ohio state through the big 10 
Ten title game, setting a record at over 331 yards in that Big Ten title game against Northwestern, who had a very vaunted defense heading in to that title game. And then again, of course, in the Sugar Bowl as well. And when Trey Sermon went down on the second play of the national championship game against Alabama, I think that really changed the offensive plan and the game plan for Ryan Day and the Buckeyes that I think you saw kind of stunted that offense against the Crimson Tide. Trey Sermon had such a factor late in the year of getting Ohio State to where they needed to be in the final four of the college football playoffs. So he will be a guy that I think you can find some great value at at the running back position in this year's NFL draft. And then I'd also mention a guy, Rondale Moore, out of Purdue the 2019 or 2018 rather Big Ten freshman of the year who opted out and then opted back in for the Boilermakers this year, but didn't see a lot of time on the playing field, was dealing with some nagging injuries that didn't allow us to see Rondell Moore at his finest. But he's a guy that really can kind of fit in a Tyreek Hill mold for the Chiefs where he's incredibly talented at whatever you need him to do. He's going to be more of a slot receiver, but has great hands on the outside. Or if you get him involved in some of the run game with end arounds or whatever it may be, or even in the return game as well, incredibly, incredibly talented. So, so fast and very strong as well. He's only about five, eight, five, nine, I think who knows what they have him listed at, but he's a guy that you look at more as a hamster, just a very physical guy that is not afraid of contact and has great speed and is so, so efficient in the open field, whatever it may be often end around or just off a short pass, and then you allow him to use that athleticism to create even more space, make defenders miss, and then be able to be a home run hitter for you. So Rondale Moore and Trey Sermon on the offensive side of the ball, I think, provide some great value in that second, possibly third day. And then Davion Nixon, the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year from 2020 out of the University of Iowa, I think will be a guy that has a very long and successful NFL career. And on the flip side, who are some guys who you think are maybe a little overrated in the eyes of some of the amateur GMs like myself. I, you know, I can't speak poorly about anybody in the Big Ten Conference, Patricia, but if I had to say anybody that might be up there a little bit high that you could question, I would look maybe a guy I highlighted early on, Jason Owe. And I think he's a guy that because of the metrics and because of how he performed at his pro day and some of the athleticism when he's not wearing pads in a game is going to be a guy that generates that spark and generates that excitement, but he didn't have a single sack in the 2020 Big Ten college football season. So some of the production on the field, what you might see on tape, doesn't necessarily match up to some of the metrics that he had throughout his pro day and throughout his workouts. I still do believe he can have a successful NFL career because of that athleticism, but I think he's a guy that's really risen up the draft boards based on the metrics, not so much based on the game tape that we have seen from him in his career at Penn State, especially last year in 2020. Outside of that, there's a couple of offensive linemen I think you'll see in the second and third rounds that I don't think they're overvalued by any means, but certainly guys that maybe didn't wow us last year in 2020. When you look at a guy like Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan, I've seen him in certain mock drafts up in the later later part of the first round. I think he will be successful, but it's more so finding a place for him. Is it going to be immediately at the tackle position? Will he start as a guard at the next level and work his way into the tackle spot? That remains to be seen. And also a guy, Kendrick Green out of Illinois, who last year was an all Big Ten first team selection at that guard position. He presents a lot of versatility along the interior of that offensive line, but not a guy that really turned heads and wowed people at times throughout this draft process. But I do believe that, again, both of these guys should be uh, a good NFL player is just more so of finding where they fit along those NFL offensive schemes. What about, you know, you look at this division or of college football and, you know, I know there are fans that are going to be doing 
way too early mock drafts. So who are some of the guys, you know, maybe didn't come out this year for one reason or another, surprises and whatnot, but who are some of the early names that you think that people should keep an eye on for next year? Well, I think certainly at the wide receiver position, it is going to be a very stocked crop coming out of the Big Ten Conference for the 2022 NFL Draft because a guy that came back to college that not a lot of people expected in Chris Olave, who was a first-team All-Big Ten selection last year alongside his running mate Garrett Wilson, I think both of those guys, as it looks to the 2022 NFL Draft, are going to be possibly first-round, maybe second-round selections. I think they both have that much talent. Another guy at the wide receiver position, two guys out of the state of Indiana, I would say Ty Freifogel, who was the 2020 Big Ten Receiver of the Year, and also David Bell out of Purdue, two guys that are really, really good and I think have great skill sets, maybe even along the slot receiver position as it translates to the NFL as well. So those are a couple of guys on the offensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, it's going to be a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, one of the most talented edge rushers coming into this year in the Big Ten Conference out of Michigan. He is going to be a guy I think is a day one selection in 2022. I think his guy in the backfield in Daxton Hill, he might have been a freshman last year. I have to check up on that, but one day, Daxton Hill, Dax Hill out of Michigan, will be a first-round selection, one of the better safeties and defensive backs out of the Big Ten Conference. But Aiden Hutchinson will be a guy for Michigan this year that they will count on to wreak some havoc in the backfield coming out of that edge rusher position and a couple of the wide receivers in next year's crop. And Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State, and then Ty Freifogel and David Bell out of Indiana and Purdue, respectively, will be a couple of guys to watch as we get ready for the 2022 NFL Draft. Now, final question from me here. I know this might be a little tough, but I'm going to ask you anyway, you know, because I don't know how familiar you are with the New York Giant needs. But if you had to take a guess on players from the Big Ten that just have New York Giants written all over them, who would you pick and why? Well, I think certainly if Rashawn Slater is there at 11 and the Giants aren't able to select a wide receiver, which might be the route they go, I think that's a great, great ability for them to be able to get some great value because Rashawn Slater is going to have a very long NFL career. If he starts off at the guard position and then moves outside of the tackle, I think you will find that. And that is a great way to protect protect one of your biggest assets that you need to have a successful year this year in Daniel Jones. So I think that could be a very successful pick. I think also, as you look along that edge rusher position as well, I think a couple of guys you could see in the second and third round, maybe it be a Shaka Tony, maybe it be a guy like Ernest Brown along that interior of the defensive line as well. Or if Quiddy Pay or Jason Oway or any of them fall a little bit, there could be some great value there. If they need a linebacker, and you know better than I, Patricia, if they do, Baron Browning is a guy that will be there on day two that I think along the interior of that linebacking core is going to be a guy that could be a potential pro bowler one day. I'm that high on him in terms of how physical he is. He is a 6'5 frame. He is incredibly athletic, but also very, very smart. So he would be a guy I would look at if any team can take him in the NFL draft in that day two range, I think you are getting great value. But I think if at 11, like you've said a couple times, slotted in your mock drafts where Sean Slater is there and there's not a wide receiver that truly, truly intrigues you that you want to add to the offensive playmakers, I think Rashawn Slater will be a great pick and hopefully a guy that has a very long and successful NFL career. And a guy that I absolutely am hoping drops to the Giants. I mean, obviously, my first pick is Kyle Pitts. He's not making it down to 11. I'd be stunned if he does. But look, I would take Rashawn Slater. No offense to the receivers or, or to Micah Parsons or any of the edge rushers, but 
offensive line, you know, finished a job. That's my feeling when it comes to the Giants. But we'll see if the Giants and, and general manager Dave Gettleman agree. I mean, it, it'll be a lot of fun. So, Ben, listen, thank you. This was fantastic stuff. Before we sign off, just let everybody know what you got coming up on the Locked On Big Ten podcast. Yeah, so as it relates right now, we are very much firmly in the football state of mind. Right now, we're going around our spring football tour, getting ready for the 2021 college football season around the 14 Big Ten programs within the conference. But after that, Patricia, like you're doing here, the focus will be for the NFL draft, the final couple of days of April, getting ready to see where the Big Ten stars of the past now relate to their future in the NFL. So definitely we'll be going through that, maybe some recaps after the NFL draft with some teams in the National Football League that select a lot of Big Ten. 10 players. And if the Giants are one of them, Patricia, I hope we can have you on the Locked On Big Ten show as well. And vice versa here. If the Giants pick a lot of Big Ten players, you know I'll be reaching out. So I'll be happy to be on your show as well. Tell everybody where they can find you in the podcast on social media. Yeah, personally, my Twitter handle is at Ben Scott Stevens, just trying to keep it fun and relatable as it relates to the Big Ten and having some fun with that as well. And then for the show itself, it's at Locked On Big Ten. Ten is one zero, not spelled out. It's big one zero. And you can follow there as long. We're posting daily episodes, obviously trying to get some good video content and social media content out as well. So you can follow along with what I believe, Patricia, is the best conference, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, volleyball, whatever it is, across all of the country at the collegiate level. Well, you have my alma mater in there. So, I mean, you can't go wrong, right? Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. Let's go. Huge Rutgers guy, Patricia, both when it comes to basketball and love what Greg Schiano is doing in his second time back on campus in Piscataway. I love what Rutgers is doing. So do I. And I'm hoping that it, it leads to bigger and better things. But anyway, Ben, great stuff. Thank you so much. Giant fans, make sure you check out Ben's podcast, the Locked On Big Ten podcast. Make sure you check out all of the college hosts. They do such a great job and they are so knowledgeable, especially now they've all turned their attention to the NFL draft. So you will find information on these guys that you never thought you would not you would be able to find elsewhere. So for Ben Stevens, my name is Patricia Trainer. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will talk to you again tomorrow.